Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And again, two weeks in a row, no guest host, just my sexy, wild voice and Ali's soothing, sexy voice. Yes, for you. the dulcet tones of Ali Alomi and the excited voice. Yes, <laughs> I feel well, like a, I feel like I'm one of those uh, speakers at the RNC. Cocaine's going to be trending after this. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, they really whatever they had in the green room. Yeah, <laughs> was the good stuff. <laughs> What's her name? Something Gilfoyle. Yeah, um, uh, I forgot what her actual name is. But Kim- Kimberly uh, she, Gilfoyle. I she believe. was uh, Newsom's ex. You know that. Yeah, right? but imagine going from Gavin. Like, look, I'm not like some Gavin Newsom fanboy. Like, I'm not a fan of everything he does. Right? I think yeah. he does some good stuff. But let's not lie. Gavin Newsom's a good-looking dude. Yeah, I, I'm. You know me. I hate all politicians. Right? Like yeah. Maybe the exception of Sanders. I hate. I have them all. AOC like, as well. Yeah, and AOC. I have most of them like in deep contempt for all of them. Uh-huh. But even I've got to admit, Newsom's a good-looking fucker. Like, yeah, right. He's, he's got he's got that uh, movie star look, right? Yeah. Like the classically good-looking, really exactly. shiny teeth, mm-hmm. strong jaw. <laughs> and she went from him to fucking Don Jr. <laughs> Junior is the most malformed. I mean, I'm not trying to body shame anyone, but let's be real. Like, there's something weirdly. Why does he look so doughy? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. He, he's got like a muffin top. What is what is going on? And then that beard of his. Uh, oh man, I mean, he yeah. was bad without the beard. He was he's worse worth, without but... the beard. At least the beard makes him look like a human being. I don't know who's uglier between him and Eric. Yeah, there's a no. Uh, yeah. Have you seen their uh, the wedding photo of theirs where they went to they were I think they were at their father's wedding or some shit like that? And you just was it when like, they were all looking like minotaurs? Yeah, like you just p- look at you like what the hell, man? For for a family that talks about gene superiority and racial superiority, they they really they're really an example of of how bullshit all of that is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, priding himself for all that. I couldn't. I couldn't watch the RNC. Yeah, it didn't bother. Apparently, it didn't. Uh, it went off without a hitch. It was really highly polished, but it had less ratings than the Biden. Uh, so you know that's going to piss off. Yeah, that's for sure. Piss for off sure. Endlessly. Yeah, and then did you see uh, last night after the the commencement of it? Like they chased. Rand Paul to his oh, hotel yeah. room. Well, I love, I love, I love that Rand Paul was like, I got attacked, and the police saved my life. And then we watched the video, and like nobody's, t- no one's touched him. They're just, yeah. they're just saying, say her name. Yeah, I love the. This is the thing that that I love about these politicians, right? Is they act tough, they act like badasses, but at heart, they're such small little men. You know what I mean by that? Like, like they're just like, and you see them uh, when you see them in real life because uh, you always see them. And they look bigger, larger than life in their interviews. They look very serious. They, they wield power, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see them out in the real world, and they really are just small, frightened old men. Uh, like, what little cowards that a I bunch see. of people shouting, say, saved my life. Shut up, Rand Paul. This, this guy used to be a libertarian, too. What a I fucking swear. joke, right? Fuck Someone was commenting, like, you're lucky your neighbor wasn't there. You know, because his neighbor punched his ass out. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. So, <laughs> this is what? true. He's like, you're safer in D.C. than you are in your neighborhood. <laughs> so, in his neighborhood, he apparently he got an, an altercation. And his neighbor came over and knocked the shit out of him. <laughs> 
I love to hear that. <laughs> so like, there's this whole there's this whole thing about about Rand Paul's neighbor as part of the resistance because he beat the shit out of Rand Paul. <laughs> and so every time they want to taunt Rand Paul, they actually bring up his neighbor. If you actually go to his tweet, he's hidden a bunch of tweets, and you unhide them. They're comments by people who are like, "You're welcome, signed your neighbor." <laughs> <laughs> trolling him, which is phenomenal, right? He's never gonna live the down that his neighbor like kicked his ass. I fucking love it. I love it. That shit makes me happy. It's pretty funny. Um, look, I I want to touch on a on a sadder topic. Yeah, a much more um, serious note. Yeah, we're we're not gonna dwell into this topic this episode just because it's still ongoing. Um, yeah. you know, like we wanna we wanna get all the information out before like. You know, we have a full conversation and we want to spend more time on it. Yeah. And I think the conversation that we have planned for today is a very interesting conversation. Um, you know, so like I, I would rather dedicate like a full episode or like a whole portion of the episode to to what's going on in yeah. Kenosha and, and what happened with the uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but our hearts go out to the Blake family. You know, like we're hoping he recovers well. We hope that the coward cops that shot him in the back seven times face the justice that they deserve. Um, It's like you see it every like you're just it's how many more. Right. Like that's a lot of these basketball players have like messages of hope and stuff on their on the back of their jerseys right now during the NBA playoffs. And one of the ones I've been seeing a lot is how many more. Yeah. Right. And like we see Jacob Blake and we're just like literally how many more is it going to take yeah and we're not going to talk about the fucking little shit-headed kid yeah. who murdered two people and amputated another person yeah. because he was fucking living out his little wet dream fantasy of killing black people and yeah you know like yeah we're living through we're living through a moment i mean we're brianna taylor was not that long ago we're talking about we're talking about weeks that's yeah. the that's what we're talking yeah. about. So anyone who's been paying attention, you could almost use this as a as a sort of archive of what's been going on in 2020. There's nonstop protests for about 90 days now, a little bit more than 90 days at this point, um, ongoing against police brutality, against the the ongoing systemic racism in our legal system, and our police system. Uh, so this is this is not. Uh, something that's going away anytime soon and it seems to be escalating mm-hmm. uh, as a result of the fact that cops literally can't stop themselves apparently from shooting unarmed black people um, and people were just commenting on the fact that like literally last night uh, they managed to arrest uh, an armed drunk and a threatening white dude right like yeah. just literally like, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's so in your face you go okay um, and then at the same time that that there's protests against uh, police brutality and the racism in this country, you've got these right wing militias who were who were sitting there. I mean, so warped by capitalism that they think that they've got to go protect property. Yeah, this yeah. gunman drew drove across state lines. No one drives, in the words of Trevor Noah, no one drives across state lines to protect somebody else's property, right? Like, yeah. Nobody cares that much about the fucking local Walmart. This is about right-wingers playing out their little wet dream fantasy of being military, right? This is such a militarized society, and and we're seeing the consequences of when you take a militarized society, a society that fetishizes guns, Mm -hmm. a society that fetishizes property over human 
life. I mean, it's really heartbreaking on Twitter seeing some protesters talk about the fact that their own family says, if I was there, I'd shoot a protester too. This is how Americans think. To to my friends overseas, sometimes they, they look at me and they go, what is wrong with your country? And I don't know what to say because they can't fathom in their mind being so twisted in the head that you fantasize about shooting protesters in order to protect property like capitalism the fetishization of guns all of that has warped the american mind plus this militarization and then you add to it that we have a history of racism like this is a powder keg waiting to to blow up and so we're we're in this moment where all of these things are, are really coming to a head the the consequences of years and years of militarization, the consequence of our unwillingness to address systemic racism, the consequences of our weird cap like the internalizing of capitalist logic that somehow property values more than human life. Yeah. All of those consequences we're living out right now. And I think one of the themes that we're gonna dive into, so it is somewhat related, is that militarization in, in society because America's a weird country, y'all. It's like sometimes, I mean, we're so used to it that we just accept it as normal. But anyone who's ever traveled, it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. So here's what happened today, right? Um, yeah. I was I was in a Facebook. I, I was responding to like one of my uh, old coworkers' Facebook posts where he was kind of like saying that oh the media is trying to make this kid into a bad guy look here's a picture of him like cleaning up the graffiti like let's not get it twisted he was a good guy he was there and like i i brought up like this dude drove across state lines with an illegal weapon you know like with the intent to hurt people like let's not get it twisted the media is not making this kid a bad guy he's a bad guy and then all his little right-wing friends like came and started attacking me on there and then some guy goes some guy asked me he's like what the hell are you doing to like make this world a better place instead of bitching about other people? Not shooting right? people. That's what you just said. That's your answer. I was like, I'm yeah. not shooting people. That's what I'm doing yeah. to make the world a better place. Right? I haven't murdered anyone. <laughs> so, you know, like I responded with some of the, like, there's a lot of stuff that like you and I do. Right. And yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like hype all the, the accomplishments that we do and all the good that we're doing. Right. Yeah. Because if, People who know us know what we do, and yeah. that's it, right? And we're not doing it for fucking fame. But I, I wrote what I did, and I blew a little kissy face to him. I'm like, so what do you do, right? And he's like, well, I gave up my rights and my freedoms to fight for your freedoms so that you can talk shit about this very country. And I'm like, what? Like, in my mind, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, okay, so you were in the military at one point, and, yeah. like, all of a sudden, like, I should thank you for my freedom? That shit annoys me, right? Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with people in the military, right? I, I get it, right? Like, I understand why people join the military. And I understand it because, for those of you who don't know, I didn't grow up with the money, right? Yeah. I live in Orange County now, but I grew up broke, right? Yeah. Like, I grew up broke in Springfield, Virginia. Yeah. And um, we had fucking military recruiters at our high school yeah. all the time. Yeah. Why were they at our high school? Because they knew that they had broke kids like me there yeah. that if they say, hey, we'll get you into to, to college, we'll pay for your college, we'll make sure that you have money for the rest of your life, we'll take care of you, Yeah. right? All you got to do is just join the military. You're not going to actually go to war. No one really goes to war. Don't worry about that. Like, yeah. 
You know, like just listen, you're, you're going to get a chance to protect your country if need be. You're going to serve your country. It's a, it's patriotic. You're, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're doing a good thing. And then growing up, you always thought like, Hey, the military is a great profession, especially being broke. Right. Yeah. Like you, I saw friends whose parents were in the military and they had good lives. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's part of it. Right. Is like the fact that, that it, beca- it seem as it seems as a viable career path. If you want to go to college, if you want to make a decent living, mm-hmm. it is very interesting. It is very interesting that there is this intersection between the military and capitalism here, right? It's, there's no accident that military recruiters rely on the poor, that the Flint, Michigans of the world, right? Mm-hmm. That the Fairfax, Virginias of the world, that these places require, in Springfield, Virginia, these places require. Uh, you know, I mean, these places, the military requires these places, right? Mm-hmm. It's very important. There. Now, Orange County and, and, and there's military recruiters in Orange County high schools, but it's a very different approach, right? And even then, you'll find that they'll focus on poor kids, on yeah. kids who can't afford college, kids whose mom and dad aren't going to be paying for their college. Hey, you want to get a college education? Join the military. Hey, you, they never tell you the fact that, that you know, the spending for education has actually been cut, the GI bills, you know, being defunded, that the money that you originally could get to go to school, not there anymore. Yeah. Like, never tell you all that stuff. But we, we, don't, we don't have an honest conversation about the fact that the military relies on poor people, that there's yeah. a predatory practice. This is one of the reasons, like, look, there's no doubt that there's a significant number of fucking sociopaths that join the army and the military, right? There are people who fetishize killing brown people, and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. I see it. You see the people who are like, you know, I grew up 9-11, but 20 years later, I get to have my revenge. You're like, oh, fuck, right? Like, we see it all the time. We saw it with the the, the Navy SEAL dude. We see it all all, all the time. There are some real twisted people that join the military. Mm-hmm. We also see that there's also just a lot of desperate people, people who are grew up poor, people who grew up in economically disadvantaged positions, and whose only way forward is the military. Mm-hmm. There used to be a time, particularly post-1950s, right, after World War II in particular, in which the idea of the American dream under Eisenhower and, and, and the presidents after was that if you went to college, you could end up with a decent job. Mm-hmm. And that decent job was working somewhere in corporate America, getting a nine-to-five job, and it would be enough to afford a house in the suburbs. That's what yep. the suburbs were built for. That was the goal. That and to get away from pro- black people. Yeah, and, and, and get away from black people. Absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. And the promise there was that if you worked your summers, whether it was at an ice cream parlor or at a, at a restaurant, you could pay for your college because most of the college was either tuition-free or very low tuition, right? Mm-hmm. Berkeley was tuition-free, almost tuition-free up until 1980. Think about that. Just oh, wow. everyone, I want everyone to wrap their heads around that. Berkeley, one of the top universities in, in the country, public universities, you could go tuition-free up until the 1980s. That's insane. That, that's insane, right? Now, you can't imagine UCs no. being tuition-free nowadays, right? No. But look, that's how it was. But that dream is gone, right? Tuition mm. is expensive as heck. You're going into debt just getting a job. I mean, just getting a degree so you can get a job to then pay off that debt. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah, that's the like system legitimately, now. Yeah. That's the system now. It's predatory. And even then, you're not promised a decent job. It used to be that you could. If you got your bachelor's degree, you'd get a decent job, right? Yeah. But that's not true anymore. That's not true anymore. Plenty of people can get their bachelor's and still not get that job. And even if you get that job, you're not going to get that house in the suburbs. Houses right. prices have increased. You now have to deal with your student loans. This is why people end up becoming, you know, doctors or whatever, and they're still paying off debts for years, mm-hmm. right? But here's where the military comes in. Everything else, all those promises are broken. But we can promise you a middle-class life. We can promise you a better life. You join the military for a short period of time, right? Short period of time. Do your duty. You can also, hey, we've got a basketball team. You can join our basketball team, right? And they'll tell you anything you need to hear. And it seems viable. If you're a poor kid growing up in one of these areas, you go, okay, I can either go into $100,000 in debt in order to get a job, in order to get a degree in the hopes that maybe I'll get a job. Or I can go into the military, get the training that I need, also get money for school. Yep. Right? It seems viable. So this is why I'm like, yeah, there's plenty of people in the military we should call out for being sadistic, you know, people who, are, who fetishize the killing of brown bodies. But we should also recognize that a lot of these are just working class kids. Yeah. Right? So kids from poor backgrounds that are being preyed upon by a really powerful institution. Well, like, so I don't know if you know this about me, right? When I was 17 and I first moved to California, yeah. um, I literally went into an army recruiting base, right? Mm. Or army recruiting, uh, whatever the hell it was. It was like a little yeah. fucking, looked like a store almost, right? Yeah. I was it in, the one uh, in, in, uh, right no. in, by UCI? No, I went to one in, uh, in Marietta, right? Okay, gotcha. So I was living in the Inland Empire there. Right, right. Um, so I went in, um, I took the ASVAB. Right, which yeah. is the uh, the test you take to like, so they could see like where they would place you. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I scored really high on it, and like, you know, like they asked me like, "Oh yeah, hey, so like, what do you want to do like with your career in the future?" And at the time, like, I really wanted to be a lawyer. Right, like right. my dream was to be a lawyer when I was younger. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like I want to get in the law. Blah blah blah. They told me about the military JAG program. Yeah. Right. They had. I was 17, so they signed me up. Um, because I, I was there with, like, my cousin. We were getting, like, And then he went AWOL. No, I didn't go AWOL. <laughs> I, I signed up. I, I literally, like, signed everything. I was determined that I, in six months, when I turned 18, I was going to join the, the, yeah. uh, the Army, right? Like, yeah. um, but because I was underage, I needed parental permission. Mm-hmm. So I needed my mom to sign off on it. And your mom was like, hell no. My mom said, hell no. She said, no, no I'm not, you're not joining the military. Sorry, I was 16. I was 16. I was going to drop out of high school and join the military. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just needed parental permission to do so. And she said, hell no. No. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go to war. Don't worry. Like, uh, like it's, it's a good job. It's a good right. like, career. Like, look, like my, th- my friend did it. And look how good like, his life is now. Look, right. this person did it. And look how good their life is now. Right? Like, yep. In my mind, I was seeing like, friends of mine who went into the military and then like we're doing better for themselves, right? So yeah. that's what I thought could happen to me as well. And I'm so thankful that my mom said no, right? Yeah. Because right, like, right. I don't know what would have happened to me. Because they told me I wasn't going to go to war, but I speak fucking Farsi. Right. Of course you were going to go to war. Yeah. You're telling me they're, you were going to go they're war. not going to send my ass to Afghanistan. But they here's the thing. But that's, not only were they lying on you, but look, look how, think about it. In your mind at that time, it sounded like a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. It did. You weren't, you, weren't, you weren't sitting there being manipulated. You thought it was a good idea. There's two things at play here, and it's super important. First, look at the predatory practices, right? That's predation. They mm-hmm. know full well that 
person at your age can't make decisions that well. Let's no. be real. No. We're talking about an age that when you're joining up for the military, you're not joining up at 27. No. You're joining up at 16, 17, 18. Those are the years that you're thinking about it, right? And up until 20 or so. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because that's the age in which you can you make all sorts of rash decisions without thinking about the long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. And they know that, and they rely on that. It's why they reach out to people at that age, because they know that those people will sign up for something and then realize, oh, shit, this was a mistake, right? How many times will you get a tattoo? Will you do something? Will you think about, oh, yeah, I can drink and drive, right? Those, that's the age you do stuff like that. Yeah. Because you're impulsive, because you know, you, you think it's a good idea, you think you can handle it. It isn't until many years later with hindsight, they go, oh, that was maybe a bad idea, right? right? They rely on that age group, on an age group that cannot make the best decisions in their life no. in order to recruit. That's the predatory component of that, undoubtedly the predatory component of that, right? Mm-hmm. The second component of this is the fact that we lived in a society in which a young person thought that going to a war institution, I'm sorry, let's not play platitudes. That's what the military is. An institution of war was a viable career path. Mm-hmm. That involves a shit ton of propaganda. It does. You live in a society that fundamentally fetishizes the military. It does. It's, when I teach uh, history of the modern world, one of the things we talk about is the emergence of secularism, right? Mm-hmm. And every student thinks that secularism means the absence of religion, the separation of church and state, and that we now live in a society where there are no official, there is, that religion is not in the public life, it's not part of the government. And I always kind of blow their minds a little bit. And I go, no, the secularism is a transition from state religions to a religion of the state. Yeah. The ancient and pre-modern world had state religions. You picked a, a religion and it was your official religion. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, right? Yeah. You said this was the religion of our state. You replace one of those religions and the new religion becomes the state itself. Look at the language of a secular country. Founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We call them founding fathers. This is, this is the disciples of Jesus. This is the companions of Muhammad, right? Yeah. The pious ancestors that we follow. Do we have holy uh, praise songs to worship divinity? Yes. Yeah. The star-spangled banner, right? Mm-hmm. That's a Christian hymn. Do we have sacred icons, right? The flag. Sure, the flag, right? The bald eagle. And all religions have what is known as the cult of heroes or the cult of ancestors. The people in the past, the great warriors, right? This is The cult of heroes is, is as ancient as Rome, as ancient as uh, civilization itself. In the ancient world, it was Odysseus. It was... Hammurabi. You know, yeah, it was Hector. It was all these great figures. In Islam, it was the Sahaba and the Tabi'un, right? Mm-hmm. In Christianity, it's Constantine, it's St. Peter, it's St. Paul. And in America, it's the troops, yeah. right? Every person, regardless of whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I respect the troops, salute the troops, right? Support the troops. Every president, we support our troops, thank God for our troops. But of course, they say these things, but at the end of the day, do they fund them? 
No. Do they help these people get mental health? Do they help these people get childcare? Do they help these people actually get an education? The things that they promised when they signed up, when this young kid signs up to join the military, we promised them that we would give them a good education. Do we follow through with that? No. Every single time, we give them more and more money for missiles. We give the money to the big contractors. But the average soldier gets screwed out of it, right? The average person who joins the military gets screwed out of it. The average worker gets screwed out of it while the corporation does really, really well. But in order for that system to su- to succeed, in order for this manipulation to succeed, this extraction of labor to succeed, you need to inundate society with propaganda and recruitment. So that's why from the very beginning, you are, have this society in which every single movie, every single TV show, all the good guys are soldiers, all the good guys are cops, all the good guys have guns, all the good guys can do good things with good forms of violence, right? Mm-hmm. There's good violence. We are completely inundated. When we think in our minds that everything can be resolved with violence, we just need a diehard character, right? Yeah. We need a John McClane. We need someone to do with the good bombs and the good guns, right? With the good kung fu moves. And even from a young age, we're inundated with games that are violent, right? How many times, how many times did we go to a, a game centers and play Halo? Yeah, right? right. How many times have you played games yeah, where we were put into the position of soldiers or people with guns and we were killing other people with guns? Yeah. So uh, it's funny. Um, yesterday, right, uh, I was telling you this before we started recording. Um, yeah. The reason why this idea came to my head was because yesterday I was talking to my friends who I play NBA 2K with, right? Like, yeah. We have, a, we have a squad, like we have our own team, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, hey, we're gonna, are we going to play tonight? And then they were like, "No, let's play. Uh, let's play uh, Warzone instead. Call of Duty Warzone." Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "This." I'm like, "I don't have Call of Duty." And they're like, "Dude, it's free. Just download it." Blah blah blah. Like, and everyone's like, "Yeah, man, I want to see Diz play." And I'm like, "No, I'm and like I was joking. I'm like, I'm anti-war. I refuse yeah. to play a game where I'm shooting brown people, right?" <laughs> and like, <laughs> and then in my head, I started getting upset with <laughs> like because I was Such joking a dis- about it. Like- I was getting mad as fuck. Something starts up as a joke, but then you rile yourself up. I absolutely love this. This is very much you. I was like, wait a minute. This motherfucking game, it had 60 million downloads within a month of it fucking coming out, right? Literally. So Call of Duty is arguably the highest selling franchise of like all video games, right? Like there's been over a billion purchases of Call of Duty over the years, right? Think about that. That's fucking insane, right? It is. Um, And it, like, yeah, I don't think games... radicalize people as much as people think they do but i also think it desensitizes people to stuff right so if you're playing make pretend soldier in a video game you're more likely to then be real soldier in real life right and that's that's the key there there's uh, look there's no direct link between games and violence Right. In the sense that they're the 90s and 80s scare that, oh, if you play these games, you become violent. It's a post Columbine moment. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not true. None of these games immediately make you a violent person. But these games do do kind of drop you into a culture of violence, right? They inculcate you to this idea of violence. Gaming culture is violent, right? Mm -hmm. We got to be honest about that. Look at the way the gamers talk to one another. Look at the Look at the way that you're disconnected. There's a lot of great things about gaming communities. It is a community. But it's also because you're working through that computer screen or that TV screen, that distance allows you to 
dehumanize whoever's on the other side, yeah. right? Not just the avatars, whatever, you're killing virtual people, right? But also the other person on this, how many times do you threaten someone over a game? How many times do you talk about beating each other up over a game? Mm-hmm. You get inculcated to that type of violence, and then you get desensitized to violence. And that's what it, and games aren't unique here. I'm not blaming games in any way, shape, or form. I'm blaming a broader culture of this. Between TV, between movies, between games, all of this, we end up emerging by the time we're starting to have our opinions formed with the idea that some forms of violence are okay. Mm -hmm. And that when we do violence to those people, it's not that big a deal. And the army understands this, and the military understands this. It's why gaming is an important part of their recruitment tool nowadays. Mm-hmm. Just last month, uh, we found out that, that the U.S. Army has been using Twitch to recruit for a long time. That the eSports, and there are arguments like, oh, we're just fans of eSports, right? We, we, so they have an eSports team, right? And this yeah. is, of course, another recruitment tactic. Um, but they use Twitch to recruit, right? And they, this is a big deal for them to be able to participate in Call of Duty and these other types of games by being on Twitch and then recruiting from gamers. Hey, you like shooting people? Guess what? We've got a shooting game for you, you know, which is double entendre there. You can join our esports team and you can go kill brown people. <laughs> right? So it's like there's, there's very much a recruitment thing. Now, sometimes it backfires. So like last month, what ended up happening is that their Twitch stream uh, got inundated by by trolls right who are asking them about like war crimes and things like that <laughs> so they ended up shutting down the stream which then some people argue is like a violation of the first amendment and whatnot uh and now that they're, they're they're starting to retreat a little bit the the new uh you know rule is that, okay we promise we won't use uh twitch to recruit people they haven't fully promised that but they've kind of backed off a little bit since uh july so they're because of the backlash, they kind of moved away. But they've been doing it for ages. Yeah. For ages they've been doing it. They were like, oh, you know what? It's it's not that big a deal. You know, we're we're just we're just, you know, enjoying games. But it just so happens that the games that you're enjoying are shooting games. Right? Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah. Who are you and, fooling here? And and look, man, listen, all right. You're not fooling us, Call of Duty. Your next yeah. game, Black Ops, the new one that's coming out, you're fucking getting sent by ronald reagan to go to like south america yeah yeah come on come on we should point out that i should give credit where credit's due is that the campaign for flooding uh the army's recruitment on twitch was led by a guy named jordan ool jordan ool is a journalist Mm -hmm. uh an ongoing twitter troll he's actually really funny on twitter uh who basically uh drummed up a bunch of support to flood their uh chat box and whatnot about questions from eddie gallagher and the my lie massacre Mm -hmm. uh so (laughs) they were it was an organized campaign to mess with the with the military which is uh, a bit funny so we credit where credit's due there but this is this is a this is a serious issue is that games don't just have random backdrops as you rightly pointed out ronald reagan is in the new call of duty game and counter when you play a lot of these games the backdrop is real battlefields fallujah and the middle east and baghdad or kabul and the terrorists all look a certain way it's not on it's not you know this is not a new thing but look like me with the turban 
Yeah, people have pointed <laughs> out that there's the games really do racialize. Like there's a very clear understanding of who the bad guy is, and the bad guy is brown people. It's why the military invests in games because it desensitizes. So again, none of this radicalizes you. You're not gonna play a game and then pick up a gun and go shit shoot brown people. That's not no. what happens, right? But in- but it becomes part of a broader culture of militarization in which we think militarily, we worship militarily, and then we act militarily, right? All of that plays in together, whether it's games, whether it's TV shows, whether it's whatnot. And then you add the actual system of predatory recruitment. This is a fucked up system. It really is, man. Um, I want to leave with like a funny tweet I saw yesterday about yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah. Um, just because we're gonna keep this episode a little bit shorter than than the other ones, but uh, so someone tweeted because they 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 screen grabbed Ronald Reagan given like the commands, and then they they, they put in quotes. All right, I'm gonna give you this crack. I need you to deliver it to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up that's so fucked up i just gotta admit though that like one of the great things about as much as social media sucks one of the funny things about social media is just how aware sometimes the humor is it's just a little too sharp right it's just a little too on the point with that dying of laughter i saw that and i laughed out loud i'm like oh my god that's such a good that's such a good one that's what i'm saying sometimes someone tweets something you just go man this is only possible in 2020 this humor is only possible in 2020 yeah though this is a this is a really good podcast let us know what your thoughts are again this is a really complicated topic and obviously we're not all going to agree on it um partly because we're 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 in america and we're daring to criticize the military which is always a dangerous idea yeah we're not criticizing like listen if you are in the military and you're listening to us we're not criticizing you we understand what you're doing right like we understand like that you got well i'm giving you slightly side eye locks because i don't know maybe you are just a poor maybe you're just a poor working class person who's been screwed over and tricked to joining you know the institutions a predatory institution right maybe that's the case in that case worker solidarity right or or you're maybe maybe you're signed up because you want to shoot brown people right i don't know so i do give you a little i do give a little bit of a side eye but you're right our 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 targeting is not the average person who joins the army our our our, system here is the system and the culture that preys on people mm-hmm. that celebrates and glorifies violence that uses predatory recruitment tactics whether through games or through real life or whatnot that a culture that 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 literally has made the military into this lens by which we understand everything else in the world that's what we're really targeting here that's our real critique yeah not you not you not you random person all right we're definitely we're going to end it here it was a fun and interesting podcast we had punched packed quite a punch here yeah yeah it was like me bro short sweet and it packs a hard punch (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna uh, end it there and this is gonna take us out yes you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash currently nerdy twitter at currently nerdy um what instagram at currently nerdy I was like, what else are we on? At Tumblr, currently nerdy. <laughs> Tumblr.com. YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Um, so thank you for, if you have already given us a five-star rating and a review, we appreciate you. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. Ali, how can I get a hold of you? You can catch me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I uh, on our sister podcast, Head on History. 
Diz. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H, and our brother podcast, uh, Currently Nerdy Sports, which is soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy, where we'll be coming out with new episodes soon. Um, I just got to find a way to record with uh, my co-host without us catching COVID. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we're, we're going to try to get that figured out for you guys ASAP. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.